0: Dalit Tevet Tafshin Ayin Zayn coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Segal Network.
1: Kemi Shasak Bali Krain, Verana Shimarachin, Shemi Towards Mamalea, Vicky Bloom. החיים. כמי שתאום תאומה לרגעים וראה אנשים באמת מאושרים ואיזה אור על הפנים איך נשבים בכסמה לפניה the people who Nidiba, ve baula, ke the car, i
0: The great Yishai Rebo, with Or HaChayim. Opening things up here on uh, the Israel Show on the Nacho Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. There's no holiday here. No, no, we are live. We are live. Bringing you uh, a jam-packed hour of great Jewish radio, as we do each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, it's time for The Israel Show. <laughs> and of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We have some great posts. We we only post occasionally when we think it's something different, something that you won't necessarily see. Um, and uh, we post, of course, at the end of each show, the uh, links to YouTube videos of all the songs that we played during the show so you can listen to them whenever you want, and links to articles that we might have discussed or features that we had. Um, This past week, only in Israel, we we, uh, shared a link to um, a great clip from Israeli television. You just got to watch it, from The Voice. And also, we uh, published a meme, our very own meme, I think it's the first one, um, in which we started talking a little bit about the Kerry speech, and we'll talk more about it later. Um, This uh, past week saw the passing of an Israeli composer whose name I personally did not recognize, Yochanan Zari. Turns out that he composed many classics of the 1950s and the 1960s, uh, Israeli classics, and um, here's one of them. Didn't know this, so I'm sharing it with you, and um, we remember him today. We'll play several of his songs, songs that he composed that have become part of The Israeli music uh, pantheon. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: that it já, já.
0: You're of a certain age, you know that song. I don't know if everybody knows it, but um, that was uh, Yisrael Gurion and Asaf Amdursky with uh, Va'evan Uziyawa, a classic of the 1960s, composed by Yochanan Zari, who uh, passed away last week. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Lots, so much, so lots of lots of things. <laughs> can you see? I don't even know if you can say it that way. Happened over the last week since. Uh, since we last met here, the United Nations um, resolution and John Kerry's speech it, it's it's very hard to be able to say anything positive. no, you can't say anything positive. It's not very hard. You just can't. You can't say anything positive about it. Um, and next week, we are working our crack team is working on a special edition of the Israel Show. next Monday, which will be entitled, Lies My Secretary of State Told Me. We're going to dissect, if you will. We're going to go through his speech, and we're going to pick out the things that we think are either lies of commission or lies of omission, or, or just slant, slanted statistics or slanted statements, statements that don't take into account reality. And uh, we'll go through it, piece by piece. It's important. And uh, we were on with Nachum a little earlier uh, on JMD AM, and Nachum mentioned people hear Secretary of State of the United States with, with all the power that goes behind that. They hear him making certain statements about Israel. And uh, sometimes, unless you're, you're very knowledgeable, uh, it's hard to refute some of the things that he says. So we're going to help. We're going to help you out and uh, share with you some facts that uh, the Secretary of State um, forgot to talk about. Quote, unquote, forgot to talk about. The truth is, um, his whole worldview is just um, skewed. Uh, There's nothing else I can say about it. And on that topic, um, former Harvard law professor, famous defense attorney, Alan Dershowitz, Gave two interviews in Israel over uh, over the weekend. One was to the Israeli newspaper Israel Hayom. We'll um, post a link to that. They they translated that into English. Israel Hayom did so. We'll post that. And uh, today, just a few hours ago, and we were lucky. That's that's the benefit of being live, by the way. So uh, we we were up early and we heard about this interview. We got clips of it, and I think they're very. It's, it's very helpful to hear how someone who has always, his entire life, and continues to be associated with the Democratic Party, associated with um, the American liberal wing, he, he is is proud about his liberalism. You'll hear in some of the clips he talks about um, President Obama in certain areas as being very effective and very good, areas that I personally, for example, wouldn't necessarily agree but on the Israel issue, on the international affairs issues and so forth, you'll hear um, how Alan Dershowitz um, really is, has split from the left totally and completely. And these will surprise you. We're going to play these clips now. These clips are so – to me, they're very interesting because, um, because of all his past, because of his coming from such a liberal um, um, position – uh, and after all these years to be spent, he uh, has been a tremendous advocate for Israel. Now, for about ten years, he wrote a great book, um, which, of course, the name of which I forgot. But I'll 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 look it up in a second, um, and I will tell you about it, and I'll link to it. It's uh, it's a very helpful guide for people to answer um, all the accusations that are lodged against Israel, and he's become very friendly with Prime Minister Netanyahu. And they disagree on um, on a lot of things. They disagree even on um, even on uh, what the final solution. Uh, I don't like that word. What the end game of the Israeli negotiations should be. Uh, and yet he's very supportive of the prime minister. The name of the book is "The Case for Israel" by Alan Dershowitz. The case. For Israel by Alan Dershowitz. If you're interested in getting information in a clear way, in a good way, get the book. It's um, it's out there, it's on all the sites as that you would expect them to be. Okay, here we go. So this was an interview that he gave um, today for Galeit Sahal on um, our El Segal show he has a uh arel segal is one of the few right-wing commentators who has a show on Galit Sahal and um what happened there is he uh he pre-recorded it he presented the questions to the audience in hebrew and then he played uh al dershowitz's answers in english and then translated so we're going to obviously only play the english part Um, Here are his comments about President Obama, who he voted for twice, who he now, by the way, claims lied to him and said that he will have Israel's back. He said that famously after the UN um, vote. Alan Dershowitz said, the president called me into the Oval Office and said, asked for my support before the last election and said, you know, I will always have Israel's back. And Alan Dershowitz now says, I didn't realize when he said that, that he means I'll have Israel's back in order to stick the knife into it. So um, this is him about uh, the Obama legacy.
3: He will go down in history much like Neville Chamberlain. And I think Obama has been a great president when it comes to health care, when it comes to human rights. But when it comes to uh, issues of foreign policy, he has been an absolute disaster. Um, Failing to comply with his red lines in Syria, opening up Syria to Russian involvement, opening, it's strengthening Iran, weakening all of his allies, not only Israel, but the Saudis, uh, the Egyptians. Uh, I think that history will judge him very, very unkindly as a foreign relations president.
0: Very well put. Um, For those who um, don't remember the history, the younger uh, set, Neville Chamberlain, was the prime minister of Britain. Uh, when Hitler rose to power in Germany, and as Hitler started um, invading the uh, Rhineland and others, um, he decided that he doesn't. They, we don't need to resort to war. We can negotiate, just like unfortunately Obama says today. We can negotiate. We'll uh, we'll have a deal. He goes. He meets with Hitler. They uh, sign an agreement, which Hitler never had. Uh, uh, any uh, intention of keeping that for one second, Uh, Neville Chamberlain comes back, and there's a famous video, if you haven't seen it, just Google it, Neville Chamberlain, peace in our time, he comes off the plane in England, he waves the piece of paper, and he says, I'm signed on this paper, and the Chancellor Hitler is signed on this paper, and uh, this, this means peace in our time, and of course, Everybody looking back at that today says what a fool that Neville Chamberlain was. And uh, for Alan Dershowitz to compare President Obama's foreign policy to Neville Chamberlain is rather amazing. Okay, here's another piece. And uh, don't forget, Alan Dershowitz is uh, an expert on international law. And he discusses the UN resolution. He mentions in this clip that he had something to do. He says very small part in, in the... Resolution 242, which is the famous resolution after the Six-Day War, which calls for Israel to withdraw from territories it captured, not the territories. And the reason he had a part in it is because he clerked for Supreme Court Justice Arthur Goldberg, who who quit his job, one of the few Supreme Court justices there appointed for life, quit his job when um, Lyndon Johnson, President Johnson, asked him to quit and become the UN representative. And uh, he was, Arthur Goldberg, a a proud Jew, was the U.S. representative at the U.N. right after, during and after the Six-Day War, and made sure, fought hard that the word the should be taken out of the phrase, the territories, Israel shall withdraw from the territories, and it says specifically Israel, or it doesn't say the territories, it says Israel shall withdraw from territories. And it was made very clear at the time that means some territories, not all territories, as far as Israel is concerned, they withdrew from Sinai, they withdrew from Gaza, they've already withdrawn from parts of Hebron and Shechem and other places, and, and in that they have kept 242. Um, of course, the other part of 242 is that they are supposed to have uh, safe and defensible borders, and that part hasn't come true yet. Anyway, here is um, here is I was about to say Arthur Goldberg. Here is Alan Dershowitz on uh, the UN resolution of uh, last week that the United States did not veto.
3: The United Nations is simply wrong about international law. Uh, Israel's control over the Jewish Quarter, the Western Wall, the access roads to Mount Scopus, which are Hebrew University and Hadassah Hospital. Those are all completely lawful. Um, I know that because I helped in a small way to draft Resolution 242 of the United Nations. Everybody at that point realized that Israel would retake control over the Jewish quarter. Take the Jewish quarter for example. It had always been in Jewish hands and the idea that Israel had no right to capture that in a defensive war started by Jordan in 1967 is an absurd interpretation of international law. The question of the West Bank is very different and I think everybody realizes that areas like Gilo and Malaya Adumim ultimately will become part of Israel with land swaps and exchanges but right now I think it would be a mistake to annex territories deep into the West Bank though I think it would not be a mistake to annex and maintain lawful sovereignty over Jewish
0: Jerusalem. That's amazing for uh, again from for a man of the left to say that Israel should annex uh areas in in and around Jerusalem. Now that could be interpreted as as what is being um spoken of now. Maladumim, which is a suburb of Yushalayim, and and was built in order to preserve Yushalayim and defend it from from the uh from the east. Um that that is a, a much is being spoken of that sometimes you know the, the there's something happens in the world that you think is a terrible thing, and you're yelling and screaming, and then you realize that the effect of it is not what you thought. I'm wondering if this horrible u n resolution and the terrible speech that John Kerry gave uh will boomerang for them from their perspective will boomerang and will will maybe. Push people like alan dershowitz who 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 still by the way believe, says he believes in a two-state solution which i think is is an impossibility but he says so so a guy who says i believe it's two-state solutions says now after this un um un decision israel should annex parts of jerusalem and uh and the areas not far out into the territories, but close to Jerusalem, that's an amazing support for people like Naftali Bennett and others who are trying to get Israel to annex Male Adumim, Gush Etzion, all the areas that are close to Jerusalem and that are pretty much in the consensus, what, what, what everybody calls the the, the uh, block of, uh, of um, settlements that are existent, large, large Jewish populations. Um and one more clip that we have and this also is very surprising that someone like Dershowitz should make this statement. Um this is advice that he gives to Donald Trump um after uh, for his for his immediate consideration uh, after he becomes president.
3: I would like to see Donald Trump on day 1 announce that he recognizes that Israel has complete sovereignty over jewish jerusalem recognizing jerusalem as israel's capital and now i used to not favor moving the embassy right away but the reason for that was because the Americans said they wouldn't move the embassy because they didn't want to change the status quo but this united nations resolution changes the status quo that is not american policy and donald trump should announce that's not american policy and indicate that he believes israel has proper lawful control over the jewish areas of jerusalem
0: is that not amazing <laughs> to hear Alan Dershowitz say, America should move its embassy to Jerusalem? I love it. I really do. We'll go go to some music and we'll come back with uh, other stories that we have for you today. One of the points we will, um, will, will clarify next week on, on the special edition that we're planning, Lies My Secretary of State Told Me, is that the the way the world perceives things and the way it was presented by Kerry and in the UN, of course, oh, there's Arab East Jerusalem or the territories which are Arab. What does that mean, they're Arab? Did, weren't there Jews living in East Jerusalem for centuries? Of course there were. But in 1967, everyone says... Oh, there were no Jews there in 1960. It's all Arabs. Yeah, of course, because the, in 1948, the Arabs slaughtered or chased out all the Jews that were there. So, of course, there were no Jews there. But until then, there were Jews in Hebron and Jews in Shechem and Jews in, in all parts of Yerushalayim and in Silwan. I mean, it's, it's such a ridiculous notion to say, well, you know, in 67, when they got there, 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 were, no, there were no Jews there. It was all Arab. How did that happen? Okay, we'll get into a little bit more of that next time. This is from Ain uh, Prat. It's an Eng- we don't usually play songs in English, but it's the Israel show and this is a uh, a great group from Ain uh, Prat. Um, many of you know Wadi Kelt uh, near Yerushalayim. So Ain Prat um, is a, uh, um, a a some some form of yeshiva. I'm not sure it's called, a yeshiva, whatever. It's an Academy uh, uh, of Jewish studies, and they've put out many uh, music videos, and this was one of their Hanukkah videos. So we're going to bring it to you because it's the day after Hanukkah, so we still have time. Light up the night. this one is called Ain't Pratt Fountainheads." My name is Mayor Weingarten. you're tuned to the Israel show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. gonna shine) In fountain Fountainheads with Light Up the Night. You know, it's we just felt what well, it's only one day after Hanukkah. We can still play one or two Hanukkah songs here and there. Some good ones. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yaakov Neman passed away yesterday at the age of seventy seven. Um I don't know how familiar a name he is in the in the United States. I think most people in Israel know who who he was. So we'll talk a little bit about his life. He was a very Special person in so many different ways. He was, first of all, we should say he was a religious Zionist, a, a truly um, religious Jew. I, I can attest to seeing him in shul. Um, we were neighbors in, when I was living in Yerushalayim. And um, till, uh, till the end, pretty much, he would come every single day to Davin with and with a minion, and in the Shul, that's affectionately known as Choveve. Um He was a lawyer, first of all. That's that's what he um, studied. He had actually a doctorate from NYU in law. He had gone, gotten his law degree in uh, in Israel, studied law at Hebrew University. But by the way, before that, I didn't know this. He studied for one year, it says in his biography here in Mariv, that he studied for one year at MTA. Either MTA or BTA, it says the high school of Yeshiv University. And in those days, BTA was still around. I, I assumed MTA, but one of those two. I don't know, if anybody knows, comment on the app or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theisraelshow, if you remember, if you're of that age group and you remember him. Um, and the last two years of high school, he was in the famous Midrash Yat Noam. Um, went to the army, was in Golani, got injured, um, and he established one of the the largest, I, I think, if not the largest, law firms in Israel, Herzog Fox Neiman, famous, famous. So he partnered with Chaim Herzog, who later um, was uh, a member of Knesset and, of course, later President of Israel the father of the current um, head of the opposition Bougie Herzog leader of the um, labor Party so Herzog Faxnerman was was uh, was always and still is considered a leading law firm in Israel he built it up in uh, in, in an amazing way together uh, but he also left law and private practice several times in order to Uh, work in the public sphere. He was minister of finance, and then he was minister of justice. Um, He was very close with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu appointed him into those positions. Interesting, this is something that Netanyahu did, which in Israel is rare, to appoint a non-politician to a position that he feels is suited for him. For example, he had uh, Stanley Fisher working in the uh, the Bank of Israel, who was an American, who was one of the heads of Citibank, and Netanyahu said, come to Israel and, and run the Bank of Israel. And it was so helpful to Israel to have him at the helm of the economy during difficult times, and, and Israel really grew. And that's, you know... Netanyahu needs to get uh, props for that. Um, back to Naiman. So he was um, appointed as justice minister. Now, this is the dark side of Israel, I, I have to say now. When he was appointed to be uh, minister of justice, he, he he was seen by the justice department in Israel as somebody who they didn't want in that position. He was a right winger. He was religious. Wore a big kippah He had certain ideas about how to make changes, good changes, in the Justice Department, and they didn't like that. So, I hate to say it so bluntly, they literally made up accusations against him, forced him to resign his post because he was indicted on these accusations, took him to court, he won. It was clear from the trial, that these were trumped-up charges that the justice ministry in Israel made up. It's its astounding. He won, and he went back and became justice minister. What is also shocking is that nobody, all the big you know, beacons of justice and uh, honesty and honor in Israel on the left, who love to claim that they are all for the rule of law and law above everything— Nobody, after this sham trial, got up and said, wait a minute, there should be an investigation. Who is responsible for this? Who's responsible for literally framing a minister in the state of Israel to get him out of the government? No, no. In fact, people who were involved in it then got promoted. So it shows you how the Justice Department in Israel is unfortunately very skewed. Now, Netanyahu very smartly over the years, slowly, slowly, slowly has worked hard to make changes. And there were changes made, but it's still very difficult. But that's a very important point. So um, Yaakov Neeman had made changes. He fought hard to, to make changes in the justice ministry. Some were successful. I will tell you, he's a, he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Um, when he was justice minister, it is said that he started a, a shear in Gemara, in the Justice Department, that he gave whoever wanted to join him. Um, he, as we mentioned before, he um, would come every year on Sarah to Sarah um, to Hebron, which is also a rather uh, amazing thing for a minister in the uh, Israeli government to uh, go to Hebron, to be like just like everybody else, and uh, and support the, the people in Hebron. And every Thursday night, it is said that he went to the yeshivat Hezder in Otniel, which is not close to his house. He lived in Jerusalem. He traveled to Otniel to study with his grandson, who was learning in the yeshivat Hezder there. That tells you a little bit about about the person. He was so smart, so sharp. He was able to really bring people together. He had a knack of being able to solve problems by bringing people together. And yet when you look at him and talk to him, and I tell you this just from seeing him in shul and saying hello to him and, and Shabbat Shalom and just passing, exchanging some words, he just was so mellow. From the outside, you'd never think that he was a, a very important person in the country. Um, he just was like everybody else, sat toward the back of the shul, same place every week on Shabbat. Um, when he became minister, suddenly somebody else showed up in shul, <laughs> sat in back of him. It was a Secret Service agent who would come, with who was with him all the time. So every morning when he'd come to Shul, you'd see him walking, and behind him, Secret Service agent, and in Shul, the Secret Service agent would sit not far from him, and uh, sometimes when I I would be there on Shabbat and um, I'd have a guest over, I'd say, you ever see a Secret Service agent in Shul? Well, there he is. And um, that was because of uh, Yaakov Nehemiah's little point. Michael Oren, who I really think is an amazing person. Uh, he is now a member of Knesset. He's involved in Israel's Hasbara. He's the former Israeli ambassador to the United States, the previous ambassador to the United States. He was ambassador for most of President Obama's term. He authored the book, Ally. It's a must-read. You, you, if you really want to know what was going on behind the scenes in Washington, especially about the Iran deal, how Israel was double-crossed by the Obama administration, Um, Read that book, Ally, by Michael Oren. So he wrote yesterday, after Yaakov Nehrman passed away, he pulled the curtain back a little bit to reveal a very moving story and to reveal a lot about the personality of Yaakov Nehrman. He writes that when he returned from his ambassadorship in the United States, um, he was prevented by by the rules of Israeli uh, government to write this book that he wanted to write about his time as a, a, an ambassador. It seems that uh, when you're a public servant, um, you're not allowed in Israel to write a book that um, that you're going to make money off of, I guess, um, about the time that you were in public service. Well, he's, he's an author. He w- wrote many books before that. He was a historian taught in university, Michael Oren. And so he felt it's unfair because... This is, my, this is my livelihood, and I, I'm, by telling me now that I can't write this book, you're taking away my livelihood. That's a very good excuse, by the way. I think the truth is, though, he really wanted to get that message out, the message about what is really happening in the Obama administration. This was before the Iran deal was sealed, and he was hoping that the book would make a difference by, by showing people what's really going on. Unfortunately, it didn't. Anyway, he says that when Yaakov Nehman heard... About the situation where they were not allowing him to write this book because of some technical um, technicality, without flinching, he came to me, he said, we're going to court, went to court, fought on Michael Lauren's behalf, and in fact, he was able to get Michael Oren, as an exception, because he was an author and so forth, and was ele- and and as a result, that book, Ally, came out. If not for Yaakov Nehrman's intervention, that important book wouldn't be out. We wouldn't know what we know today about the Obama administration. And here's the clincher. Michael Oren says, when I wanted to pay him, he insisted that he will not take money for it. That shows you a lot about this person. He was... And Adam tzanuah in all his ways, he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, he was a tremendous lawyer, he was a great leader, and uh, we lost uh, a very special man uh, t- uh, yesterday, in uh, Yaakov Ne'eman, Yehizikho um, Baruch. Misha Chalam is an Israeli classic written also by... Um, sorry, by Yohanan Zari, who uh, passed away last week. We're playing a few songs of his. This is really a classic of classics, and it is uh, sung by Eric Einstein. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
4: Vishalacham lo lo yishkach almalacham. Vishalish ar er kol odir e oryo. Vishalach ulo yashuv od leona. Vishah ivti yak lo heini yak et harbo. utsaad Dice a havlo o de Ve Ne samhikol ne visla priho lo at Kol menatzri, miseh avar et kol vera a or yom, uloyaliyach et ahonchi, misehivtiach vezachach kam lekayem, misehitzliach lachazor min hadrachi. Misheka ave havalhevin, she hakeem iwe, uloyaliga, kirishka e paholfim. Veheharim, odiv aru, veesrikho, uvein arvagim, tenashevod ruachia. Ine fragim od die fraguben und beto chupo han zeigt du die sahara lu ekular we harime od die arm wer
0: The composer of that absolutely beautiful song was Yochanan Zaryu, who passed away last week, and we're um, dedicating some of our music mix this week to uh, his classics, and that's one of them. Wow. Beautiful stuff. Um, Did I mention that was Arak Einstein? Yes, that was Arak Einstein. And my name is not Arak Einstein. I'm Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Shand and Siegel Network. We are sponsored by one of the most wonderful organizations out there, Nefesh Benefesh, that uh, has one goal, one goal, to help people make aliyah to Israel. I mean, could there be a better goal than that? I mean, it's one of the most important mitzvot in the Torah. And if uh, if you can fulfill it, what an amazing schut that is. Nefesh Benefesh will help you. They help you with need-based financial aid, employment resources. They help you through the government bureaucracy. They have cut down on a lot of the... Bu- government bureaucracy they themselves have have been so instrumental in making aliyah much easier and helping every individual's aliyah be as successful as possible their charter flights are legendary they they have a wonderful website which has so much information that will help you even if you are not thinking of making aliyah tomorrow even if you're not thinking of making aliyah period why don't you just go visit their website can hurt. Triple W dot N B N nefesh N B N dot O R G dot I L dot I L Triple W dot N B N dot O R G dot I L. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. They are revolutionizing Aliyah. A shout out to um, our Gloria May. First time listening. Thank you so much. She loves it. Great show. I appreciate that very much. And all the listeners that are commenting on the Nachum Siegel app. We try to respond, and don't forget the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. It's important for us that there's a lot of activity there. That's the way Facebook works. I know it sounds a little crazy, but um, so it's important that you like, and and I know there are people out there that listen on a regular basis, and I see them liking certain um, posts all the time and we appreciate it it doesn't go doesn't go unnoticed and uh, even more importantly is people should like the page if they haven't yet liked our facebook page it's facebook.com slash the israel show to actually like the page we're up to 410 likes we had a, a blast there for for like a couple of weeks and then it calmed down so um encourage people that you know who might be interested in it um to do so and we appreciate that very very much uh, here's another song by Yochanan Zach. I never heard of this guy until until I saw the notice of his death yesterday. And he re- composed like close to a hundred songs and, and a number of them became hits in Israel. So, uh, you know, posthumously we thank him and uh, we remember him and uh, dedicate some of these uh, Israeli... The Israeli music mix today uh, with songs that he composed. This is Yehoram Gaon singing uh, his song Nigun Atik. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Yes, you are tuned to the Israel show. On the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
5: Simhati lahav La 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 and blood on it. If I know my space et chayay umoti lach matnatu ledes et chayay umoti eten la 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 khayyi u muti etlah weh imlekhim tuwi Va'vi'ach gam yain gam lechem, v'em korat na wer Va'vi'ach gam yain gam lechem. La la la. La 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 la. La 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 la. gam yain gam ach pam tihit zochet biladai bim sibat merai ador kinati shotet betisrofet wete khalai Betis rofet beite, la 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 la
0: Great Yehoram Gaon singing Niguna tik composed by Yochanan Zari, who uh, we're remembering today as he passed away last week. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, and yes, we usually try our best to um, always portray the positive of Israel, but sometimes there are negatives that need to be called out. And I think this is one of them. And uh, as Jews around the world, we are Arevim zelaze In the Gaza War two and a half years ago, Operation Protective Edge, it was called in English, two soldiers were killed in battle and their bodies were not recovered. Aron Shaul and Hadar Golden. We spoke a lot about Hadar Golden at the time on this show because of the heroism of his friend, his comrade in arms, and his friend who put himself into danger trying to recover, trying to find Hadar Golden through the tunnels that Hamas have dug under Aza that network of tunnels. And what what happened was that this hero I can't remember his first name, but his second name was Fund, is Fund, um was not able to recover Hadar or Hadar's body, but was able to come back with enough, I guess, of his uniform blood soaked, whatever, to allow the experts to determine that he's dead. And so both families agreed to do something different that has never been done in Israel before. And that was they agreed that the that their child be declared dead, that they sit shiva for him, and that it is up to the Israeli government to get their bodies back to be put to Kever Yisrael to a to a Jewish grave. Why does the state of Israel want to do that? It takes away the whole pressure of negotiating for POWs, like we had in the second Lebanon war, Goldwasser and Regev, who were both kidnapped, and the army had enough proof to know that they were dead, but refused to go along with that concept. And and so we fought a whole war to bring them back, we weren't able to, and then we gave up other soldiers for two dead bodies, uh, other terrorists, I'm sorry, for two dead bodies. And Israel doesn't want to continue giving up terrorists not for live soldiers and, and not for dead soldiers. So by declaring them dead rather than missing an action, the government really takes away the the chip, the bargaining chip that the Hamas has. And yet the families want to have the bodies of their loved ones returned to Kever Israel and And the government promised them that they would do everything possible that that happens. now the the golden family, Hadar's parents, are very special people. First of all, they they are religious people, and it was not easy for them to accept this concept, but they did. And they sat Shiva for their son, even though there was no body and so forth. But it's now two and a half years, and they feel that nothing's being done to get the bodies back. Now, they are so special that they publicly proclaim time and time again, we don't want Israel to negotiate with Hamas and give, give away terrorist prisoners to get the bodies back. We don't want that. That endangers Israel. But we want Israel to put pressure on Hamas in areas that it can to make it so that Hamas will want to give up the bodies, for example. And they've actually um, mentioned three or four different specific situations where Israel can, just by changing certain policies, can put pressure on Hamas. One of them says, if Israel's holding any terrorist bodies of the Hamas terrorists, they shouldn't give them to the Hamas. Israel should hold on to them just like they're holding on to Hadar and Aron's bodies. There are many Hamas prisoners in Israeli jails who are being treated. You can't imagine how well. They're meeting with their families and they're meeting with their lawyers and all this stuff. And the Golden family and their own family say, why should they get that luxury? Israel should say, the prisoners of Hamas in our prisons are going to be treated like prisoners and they're not going to be allowed to meet with their families every week. They're not going to be allowed to meet with their lawyers every day. Make it so, and it doesn't cost you anything, make it so that Hamas will say, okay, it's not worth it for us to hold on to bodies." And one more thing that they said, stop supplying Gaza with quote-unquote humanitarian aid and resources like cement and other things without getting anything in return. Israel sends truckloads. Nobody nobody appreciates it. The Hamas use it to, to create more tunnels, and Israel just keeps sending it. And, and they rightfully say, stop it. Say, we're not sending anything until we get these two bodies bodies back and put enough pressure without releasing soldiers. It makes total sense What the, what these families are saying, especially the Golden family. And yet, the government isn't doing anything. In fact, last week, the government of Israel released bodies of Hamas terrorists back to the Hamas without getting anything in return. And um, yesterday, there was an impassioned plea by the Golden Film. They said, basically, that the Ministry of Defense is not taking them seriously and the government's not listening to them, even though they were promised that they would. And that is very sad. And we will follow this because... If there is an occasion for us, Jews around the world, to request of the government of Israel that they should re-examine, we can't tell them what to do, I don't think, but we can ask them to re-examine and ask them why this is happening and bring some comfort and solace to the Golden and Aron families. We're going to end off with Ariel Zilber, what a colorful person. A lot of colorful character. Ariel Zilber wrote and sings, wrote the words, lyrics, music, sings La An Panta Ahavatenu. Very cool song. We're going to end off with that. But first, we are going to thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Really, thank you all for listening. Appreciate that greatly. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nahum Siegel Network. And as always, my very, very, very special thanks. To Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, an hour of great Jewish music followed by an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein and then a great Monday music marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AIM, this is Mayor got reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. <laughs>